One flies around on wings and makes witty quips. The other has a metal arm and does zany flips. Both went through a crazy event called the blip. They're the falcon and the winter soldier. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you said we were going to freestyle rap. I don't know what that was. That was good, but it was not a freestyle, my friend. There's, there's the appropriate crickets. For that. <laughs> uh, welcome to the MCU pod, a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me is your co-host, Mike Moody Garcia. All right, it's my turn to drop a beat. Oh, you, you got this? You got Oh, you hear this? Oh, oh shit. <laughs> what do you got? Yo, yo, yo. I'm going to embarrass myself. His name's the Winter Soldier with a vibranium bicep. His fly homie is a falcon, and my man's got his mindset in the way of <laughs> Cap Shield. Like, is this for real? But yo, here comes Zemo. Gonna get his whole shit wrecked. Word. Peace. Respect to Ralph Boner. Much love. <laughs> you know what? There you go. <laughs> That was well, we're gonna kick it freestyle. Okay, I'll I'll come up with a rap. <laughs> and I don't know what you did, but I, I did like what you did. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh folks, we are one week away from the debut of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and we wanted to just take a little look at the history of the characters, look at that trailer that just came out, and what we're anticipating with this show. Tonight we are streaming the pod live on YouTube, talking Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And you know, we're just kind of referencing the movies and trailers and speculating. So I don't really think that we have to give like a proper like spoiler warning here for what we're doing. But I mean, we're pretty intuitive, Mike and I. So there's a possibility that we'll just nail it with something. So be warned, I suppose. Um, before we dive in to discussing the episode, though, Mike, can you tell the folks about this podcast? I can. You can subscribe to MCU Pod. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, click that subscribe button. And wherever you listen to audio podcasts, subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify. Uh, you can just go to mcupod.com, rate and review us on Apple. And again, if you're watching us live, toss us some comments and questions in the chat. Be sure to type capital pod, P-O-D, if you want us to maybe mention your comment later on in the show. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to also note that we just went live. Well, I mean, technically it was up our Patreon. We had our Patreon up for a bit, right. but I never did anything proper with it. So I finally went ahead and started posting everything. I established the tiers, which are going to be, um, let's see, I think uh, Defenders is going to be $2 a month. So just 2 bucks a month. If you want to support us, you can be a Defender. If you want to be a Revenger, that's going to be a, a whopping five bucks a month. And if you if you feel like you, you want to step it up and you want to be an Avenger really supporting the show, you can go ahead and be, uh, do 10 bucks a month. So if you want to go support this little podcast, if you like what we're doing and you want us to keep doing it and you want to, you know, help help creators create patreon.com slash MCU pod and go there and make your per month pledge and help support our, support our little venture here. We would appreciate it so much. And uh, that's once again, patreon.com slash MCU pod. All right. Do it. We got, we got business to attend to. Yeah. And, uh, oh, look, people are, people are popping in. Hello, Nicole. Oh, hey, Nicole. She was on. Uh... Taco. All right. Those guys were watching Star Trek pod last night. <gasps> hey guys. 
Yeah, you. I missed out on Star Trek Pod last night as well. It was we, a we do other podcasts, friend. by the way. Um, there's a Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery Pod, which Mike and I do. We also do Star Wars Pod. Well, Mike mainly does that. Sometimes I, I pop in here and there. Um, and you should you should go check those out as well. Hit subscribe on those. We appreciate all the support there as well. Um, Mike, you were not here last week for our WandaVision finale discussion. Mm-hmm. And you know, that was a that was a roller coaster of a show, and I was I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Oh, wow. I'm gonna let you be full screen for this. Oh, great. WandaVision <laughs> finale. Okay, I I'll try to keep my my take as short as I can since I'm sure our listeners have seen like a deluge of takes right. about this show by now, but it was a bit of a letdown. It wasn't a huge letdown. I'm just talking about the finale, I guess. It was a bit of a bummer to see what such an experimental yet like mass appealing series to see it like end in such a conventional way. Um, but I suppose I was really just let down because of my, my own expectations. Right. I still think the series was really good and something of a high watermark creatively for Marvel. And there's something to be said for that after like dozens of movies and projects, right. They put out so much content and this was something of a creative high watermark. This was so cool. Um, and so experimental. So overall, I really love the series. I just think the finale was a little too conventional and lukewarm for me, but I still thought the performances from the main cast were very strong, and I can't wait to see them all again. Um, also, shouts to Ralph Boner. That was a marvelous <laughs> troll job. A mar- <laughs> perfect troll job by the creative team. I mean, I tip my hat to those fucking those shit kicker gods. That was so good. I could just like picture all the fanboys screaming it's a boner joke I'm like they and, made a boner I, joke. <laughs> and you know me i like a good boner joke and this was the ultimate so yeah it was pretty hilarious and i'm I'm right there with you on your take i i think that there was some great moments in that finale and still like still sitting with this a week later i i can't help but be a little bit disappointed by some of the some of the decisions they made ultimately and i yeah. can't also help but wonder if there was some last minute rewrites and and grandiose ideas got scrapped for yeah for a conventional ending i guess right yeah it just felt like they were going on this really experimental trajectory uh and diving into some really deep adult themes and then all of a sudden those those things were still there at the end but they're really um pushed to the margins and what rose to the top was just kind of a cgi superhero fight uh between our two characters but i don't know even with those fights there was still some uh there was still some some depth going on in the conversations back and forth but it wasn't to the level of the heights of the of the season at all but yeah right Right. takako says her husband fully agrees with you right um so this is our first uh, foray into what the MCU is looking to do in television. And we're right on the, we're right about to embark on uh, venture number two with the Falcon and the winter soldier. So I get, we only have one show to kind of really base this off of, but I'm kind of wondering what your feel is for the MCU's take on, on telling their stories through television. 
everything I saw from WandaVision and some of the stuff I'm reading from the creative team for our next show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think it's good, man. I think um, <laughs> WandaVision already the most successful Marvel TV show is Kern. Kern's right. Yeah. Um, but I think we're uh, on Disney Plus and with the longer, like spending more time with these characters in their own series, I think it's giving the these new creators like a space to really delve into something a little deeper, right? Mm -hmm. Like with WandaVision, we really, 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 it was just a huge meditation on loss. Um, also um, really self-referential and kind of a tour through, a cheeky tour through TV history. And it was so layered. Like it's a type of show you can go back and it, it the rewatchability is baked in, right? Mm -hmm. not just with Easter eggs, but just with so much cleverness visually and in the script going on. You can watch those episodes of WandaVision and see something every time. Uh, and everything I've been reading about the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, uh, I think the show is going to be diving into some substan substantive uh, uh, social issues. Uh, when it comes to these two characters. So that's that's pretty interesting. Like, it's not something right. you see in the movies. Yeah, and, and that was kind of... That that was something a little bit lost on me in, in, with the trailer. And we'll play the trailer here in a minute so we can kind of comment on that as well. But I, I think that in just watching... Getting, getting the feel for what Winter Soldier was going to be initially, I was like... Not really sure what they're doing aside from this looking like some sort of Jack Ryan show, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's it international terrorists and they gotta take them on or something. Um, but it does. I I do agree. It does seem like they do have something heavier to address with this upcoming show and the the long form storytelling of Wanda and Vision and getting their relationship fleshed out more as, as I think it enriches the storytelling and, and does a little bit more justice to what comics do because comics, you know, you get a single issue and you get a, so much story in a single issue, let alone an entire graphic novel trade. And sometimes a lot of that's missed because they're trying to cram a lot of story into uh, three hours. <laughs> if it's, if it's extra long and, and beefy like Endgame, but a lot of these are are shorter than that, and so it's just like these little glimpses. That's why I always think t television is such a fantastic medium for telling these stories and really going much more in depth. Um, which brings us to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was going to go ahead and read a little bit about this um, so we could discuss it. First off, from the Disney website, here's their little um, synopsis of the show. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Sam Wilson slash Falcon, played by Anthony Mackie, and Bucky Barnes slash Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Stan, team up in a global adventure that tests their abilities and their patience. In Marvel Studios, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. An all-new series is directed by Carrie Skogland, and Malcolm Spellman is the head writer. And this debuts March 19th, 2021. Um... So Carrie Skoglin has a huge IMDb list of TV shows she's directed. A uh, ton of stuff. Stuff that caught my eye. Um, Walking Dead, Handmaid's Tale. She was actually, uh, she did like a really big arc in Handmaid's Tale. 
um, Boardwalk Empire, Punisher, The Americans. Uh, great, great uh, yeah. list of shows that, that she's put out. Is Carrie directing the entire season or series? That was my impression. I thought it was pretty similar to Matt Shackman. Um, mm-hmm. Matt Shackman? Um, doing doing all of uh, WandaVision. This is cool because I'm looking at these credits, Walking Dead, Handmaid's Tale, Boardwalk Empire, Punisher, and The American. And sure, there's some action in these shows, but like, especially The American, Punisher, I mean, all these shows, Walking Dead even, the action on these shows is really visceral, right? Mm. It's meant to kind of make you feel it and make you feel the pain and suffering of the people going through, churning through this violence, right? So. It's interesting that we got a, a director who is more interested in creating these types of action scenes that make you feel unnerved and make it feel real and really show the pain of the characters going through um, through this violence instead of like somebody who would, I mean, earlier you were talking about, oh, this the trailer makes this show look kind of like the Jack Ryan show on Amazon, right? You know, as opposed to somebody who would direct something like that, which is a little more, you know, rah-rah American, you know, espionage kind of stuff. Yeah. Her choice of projects to work on um, speaks highly to uh, her taste level and her skill. And very excited about that. I also thought it was of note that, you know, uh, as we're looking, this is on IMDb, but uh, Skoglin has spoken out about the glass ceiling for women directors in the film industry. Um, And speaking in particular regarding Handmaid's Tale, she said, people say they can't find female directors, but the reason for that is there's no access, no entry point. They don't appear overnight. You have to create a space where they can grow and be discovered. And I I think that that's important to note because um, Marvel has was getting dinged for this because they also have shown they were not hiring a lot of a lot of women to be directors. Right. Uh, I think Captain Marvel was the first one. Um, and even so, that was a duo. A man and yeah. a woman directed that. Yeah. And, you know, clearly they could use doing better <laughs> on that part. So handing the reins to her, someone who's clearly qualified. I mean, just look at all the, the shows. It's it's massive list. Um, it's I, I'm very excited to see what she can do. Um, Malcolm Spellman who is uh, the head writer says um, he's or he's, he's coming off of the show empire. Uh, he's worked on a few things, but uh, what, what's interesting is um, Mac Malcolm Solomon is a, is a black writer and uh, he's hoping to achieve what black Panther did in making uh, T'Challa an icon for everyone. He says, I really do believe that these giant black icons are necessary, not only for black kids, but for white kids to, to start to absorb uh, our people as being big and heroic. And that, I think, also gives us a, a bit more of a lens into what they're looking to do with uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier here. Yeah, I um, with Sam Wilson, with the Falcon... When he was first introduced to us on screen in in um, it was Winter Soldier, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that character was so grounded and so cool and so interesting, and it seemed like he like they were really building something iconic with him. And then in the next few movies, 
there's so much going on in Civil War, even though it was a Captain America movie. He's just kind of shunted to the background, and he's just he's just a buddy, right? And yeah, there's some fun stuff between him and Bucky, but there's nothing to the kind of emotional level that we saw in his debut movie. So I've I've been waiting for for like four movies for for Marvel to build this character up in a way that that feels weighty, you know. And mm-hmm. because I know Anthony Mackie has a lot of charisma and he's a good actor and, and he can take it on. And have you seen him in his Spike Lee work? I mean, he's so good. Um, so I'm really glad that we're matching somebody with his talent and with uh, with his charisma with a, a writer who seems like he really wants to create an iconic character, uh, not only with both of these guys, but I, I would think mainly with the Falcon, since he was the one who... Um, the cap passed the shield onto in um in endgame right and you know um nicole comments here uh i love that as a black woman it's empowering to see black superheroes yeah and i mean i agree i think that i think that what they're actually going to tackle here with this show is uh, a lot of important content um commentary on um race and what that means especially with captain america passing on the shield to sam wilson in fact uh as well as looking at um, some of the notes that people have given in interviews um about this touching on on things that were less comfortable and weightier issues such as uh what kind of person should hold on to the shield and what does it mean to do so given the racial history of america and how how um how americans how african-americans would feel about uh how an african-american rather would feel about being captain america or not Right, um, and I, I think that we're also seeing that there's a a sort of um, a jockeying for the throne, I guess, in a way mm-hmm. where we are seeing there's going to be another character who's also donning right. the outfit of Captain America, a white guy, right? Um, whereas Sam's going to be the one who inherited the actual shield and got the blessing of of Steve Rogers to like, hey, carry on this legacy. And where those elements are going to meet is going to be fascinating for for the story. Even if the show doesn't dive as deep as it could or nearly as deep as it could into the into this idea, just bringing it up and showing it on screen is is kind of remarkable because the character who we're going to see officially, quote unquote, officially in this show, um, take on the shield and take on caps, you know, costume is a character that is propped up by the U.S. government, right? It's like the U.S. government's version of Captain America after Captain America's gone. It's going to be Wyatt Russell. uh, Wyatt Russell. John F. Walker, the military successor to Captain America, created by the U.S. government. And Wyatt Russell is the son of uh, Kurt Russell. So, yeah, there's going to be this... um, you know, star spangled white guy who's backed up by the by the legitimate government mm-hmm. saying this is your new hero country. But the real hero is going to be this guy that no one really knows, the guy who's left the military, a guy who's been doing the hard work on the ground. It's been through this shit with Cap and who legitimately um, inherited Cap shield. And he's a black man. It's going to like just just um putting that on the screen for marvel fans to to take in it 
almost, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm overstating it, but it almost seems like a revolutionary idea, but one that's definitely, it's the time has come, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how well they handle it. And if, uh, if Marvel will allow the creatives to, you know, do justice to this or right. will they do what they did with WandaVision and mental health and just kind of, uh, push it to the side for uh, a witch battle in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's me, that's me a little bit bitching about, uh, WandaVision's finale. I mean, um, I'd be happy to see Bucky in a witch outfit. That'd be fun. Okay. That'd be pretty dope. <laughs> uh, I, I think that, um, they're going to be, um, dealing with, uh, Sam, trying to trying to grapple with the weight of what it means to kind of walk in captain america's shoes because I, one thing that's notable is he doesn't have the superpower of right. captain america captain america went from scrawny to a, a superhuman all the abilities like dialed up to 10 and he doesn't have that he's he's a regular guy who's got a great skill set in in flying in a very custom uh winged suit but uh, how does he translate the ideals if he doesn't also have um, the superhuman ability in in an age, in an era of a bunch of new superheroes? <laughs> and I think that'll be interesting uh, to see how they they navigate because um, he's yeah he's going to be surrounded by, by by villains that are are dangerous and right. he's going to have to confront other people that are you know, his allies who even, even uh Bucky, he's got a metal arm and he's also got super strength and super speed. So. Yeah. Yeah. Bucky is trained to be a killer, has super arm, has, has a, that metal arm. Isn't it a vibranium arm at yeah. this point? Yeah. yeah. An indestructible arm. Imagine what he can do. I'm just imagining. Um, um, they also talked about how they want to have, um, there be a little bit more exploit exploration of the blip. And how that, in a way, kind of relates to what we currently went through in 2020 and still ongoing with the the pandemic. And how this is a global issue that all of us are trying to come to terms with. And, and so th I, I think they're finding a little bit of, of a thread of relevance in, in shared trauma and how you kind of tackle... And address that. We saw little glimpses of this with Monica Rambeau and WandaVision, and that's rife for further exploration. Yeah, I th if you think back to 9-11 and the, the art that that inspired, or the best art that that inspired, Battlestar Galactica was all about post-9-11 tension, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I think even uh, The Leftovers, to some extent, was about that collective trauma that we all dealt with for over a decade. So it's, and those are great shows and that kind of collective trauma can really inspire some really deep art that we can all connect to. So just to see something like this, something that could have just been a pop action show and it will be that, but it seems like it's aiming for something deeper to see something like this pull from not only the themes of the global crisis of the pandemic, but also of the, the global social that we've been undergoing the past several years and working that into its themes again it seems pretty profound true well do you want to go ahead and uh, check out the trailer let's watch it
Let's do this. So, who would like to start? Mr. Barnes, why does Sam aggravate you? 15 seconds to drop. So what's our plan? Great. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work unfinished. That wasn't so hard. Are you ready? Hey. Is you ready? Ready? Okay. You said you ready. What are you doing? Whole squad ready. Ready? Are you having a staring contest? Are you ready? Ready? Is you ready? Just blank. Sweet Jesus. I mean, how old are you? Yes. Right. Yes. That's what I want. <laughs> that is so much better than the first trailer they put out months ago. Yeah, that looks pretty great. Um. So I guess, do you want to go ahead and go into some snap judgments? Let's do it. Take it away, Mike. What is your snap judgment on this? All right. This looks a lot more, it looks a lot more colorful, a lot funner. And a lot deeper than that first trailer they put out months ago, right? It looks like a lot of fun. Okay. It doesn't necessarily speak to. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier just dropped in. Oh, I think you're playing something. Okay, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> it doesn't necessarily speak to like all the social issues that we were talking about that the creators are are bringing up in interviews, but um, it does speak to the idea that a little more depth in this show. It's not just going to be wham, bam action because uh, even the action in the show does feel a little more, a little more realistic than what we've seen in the Captain America movies. You know, right. it, it doesn't feel necessarily like, like you're right in it, like Jason Bourne style, but it's a nice medium between that, like super shaky cam in your face action to where like you're getting sweaty watching it. And the, the type of CGI infused action that, that you can't get close to in like a, movie right it, it looks like um it looks like shit that you can really enjoy and what building upon the tension of these two characters is cool it's a little expected i hope that it feels genuine and not just kind of like a gag that's gonna run throughout the series true um but 
I mean, I I host a podcast that's going to cover this show, Grant, so I like it. <laughs> that's your legal obligation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I I'm I'm excited about the potential for this. It's, it's going to be six episodes, and each is going to be about forty to fifty minutes. So it's like we're getting about a like a two part movie series here. Um, a lot of time to explore what's going on with their relationship, how they're grappling with this post blip post captain America world, how they kind of pick up the reins and see if, if they can uh, bear, bear the weight of what captain America was trying to do for the world. And, you know, coming back to some of these villains that we've seen in the past, it's cool to see Baron Zemo there again. It sounds like, although we don't see him in the trailer, that uh, Batrock is gonna uh, come back and and make an appearance. He was the guy who was kickback kickboxing um, in Winter Soldier on top of that ship. Mm-hmm. Um, we're okay. gonna see him return. I like him. Question about Zemo. Okay. This homie didn't learn his lesson. <laughs> like his plan worked in in Civil War, but right. then Black Panther. He, he fucking killed Black Panther's father and mm. Black Panther, a, a hero, a, the one of the strongest superheroes we have, spared him, spared right. his life. This guy's just, I mean, I I was really surprised when I heard that Zemo was going to be like one of the major villains or the big bad on this show. And that he was going to go full comic Zemo with the mask, you know, and getting full, like even pushed even more into superhero comic villain territory mm-hmm. because um what we saw from daniel Bruhl in the movie seems so realistic right it was the guy who was really going through pain was really traumatized um and by the end of it you almost felt as if he realized he was wrong and what he was trying to do but because of the tragedy he went through and the trauma he went through he had no choice but to go but to do it right? but just to see him in the trailer and in the log lines here being the big bad that he is in the show. It's kind of surprising. I, I agree, except that I, I feel like we didn't necessarily get more resolution than what we, the viewer projected onto that situation of Zemo and black Panther, black Panther did the noble and heroic thing of actually offering forgiveness and a path to redemption for Daniel Brule's Zemo character, but we don't see that he actually accepts that. Like Panther stops him from, from killing himself from committing suicide and saves that guy's life and says, no, not today. But you know that if this guy has been driven to such maniacal depth as to orchestrate everything that he did in civil war, to put those two um, uh, ideologies at war against each other in, in the superhero realm, then maybe he's too far gone for even a moment like that to really seep in with him. It works yeah. well for us and it works great for Black Panther's character um, as an arc in that, that movie and that story. But True. Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm hoping that maybe they'll bridge that gap a little bit and explain how we went from where we left off with him there to 
what's going on here. And I wonder if there is some larger element of, you know, it's like, hey, maybe I tried to make peace with this. But once again, the superheroes fucked up my life because they were culpable for what happened with the blip. Right. I wonder right. if that is instrumental right. in this guy just yeah. being driven once again to be like, you know, I, I try to look the other way, but you guys caused me to lose my family with uh, Sokovia dropping in Age of Ultron. And then what I did build back up, I lost again. And it could be, you know, losing family twice or losing anything that he cares about twice. That, and that's a really good point. You know, maybe the Sokovia Accords were not a bad idea. <laughs> oh, you team Iron Man now? Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so seeing um, M- Emily Van Camp re- returns as Sharon Carter, Agent 13, and we see her immediately beating some people's asses in an alleyway. Um, that's a pretty exciting scene. It- it'll be nice to see her return and team up with those guys again. I like to, I like seeing her cameos, and I think there's a lot to continue to mine from those storylines. Uh, Kern says, I'm excited for them bringing Sharon Carter back to carry the family legacy we saw with Peggy Carter. I love Emily Van Camp, Camp's prior appearances, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think we're uh, I think we're all big fans of Emily Van Camp and mm-hmm. Sharon Carter, and not just for carrying on that legacy, but she has her own. She's also like like Sam. She's a hero, but she doesn't have powers. Right. Yeah. And I think that'll be a good dynamic for them to kind of play off of. There is an interesting character in this um, played by Aaron Kellyman. It's Carly Morgenthau, also known as Flag Smasher. This is the the woman you see take and pull down this black mask. That's got like a red handprint stripe going across it mm-hmm. before um, apparently beating up winter soldier to which, which makes uh Falcon make a uh, semi misogynist joke of, Oh, you, uh, yeah. you got beat up by a little girl there. Right. Um, <laughs> but this is like a really small potatoes character in, in the comics, as far as I can tell, and it, it was this is gender bent because it was initially Carl Morgenthau, but they're saying it's Carly Morgenthau. And it, it sounds almost like what they're doing is they're having this group called Flag Smashers who are fighting against nationalism, national pride. I don't know if this is like an ex, like an extremist Antifa kind of take they're doing where they're mm. they're having someone who will rally against what um the John F. Walker successor to Captain America's like jingoist uh, take on this superhero is maybe it's a rebellion of that, but that is still a terrorist unit in its own regard that, that uh, Sam Wilson and, and uh, Bucky have to kind of confront. That's interesting because uh, you, on one hand you have the flag smashers group, which is seems to be portrayed as a terrorist group with who knows what their agenda is really in this series. Right. And then you have the, the jingoistic government approved version of Captain America part two, who seemingly is going to have some agenda going on too, you know, on the other political ideology perhaps. And then in the middle, you have Falcon and winter soldier trying to suss it all out. And um, 
is I guess this show's saying extremes are bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's my other question for you here. Like, what what do you think the overall goal is? What are they aiming for with this storyline? Is it too early for us to really even tell? I think so. I mean, we can pro project and predict. I just think about what what Captain America always meant to me in the MCU movies and Captain America always meant for fighting on the side of right, even if that meant seeming wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think um, if these guys are truly trying to stay true to cap and to the shield and that legacy, um, no matter where the world or what large entity is trying to pull them, mm they're always going to do their due diligence and try to find out the truth, bring that truth to light and fight for it. Um, so I think that's what we're going to see. And they're going to use your skills to figure that out and to do that. So it might really just be uh, a theme of thinking for yourself and figuring things out yourself and not trying to be swayed by one culture or another. But that's that's kind of projecting a lot, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I'm again, I, I'm not really sure exactly where they're gonna go with this. One thing I'm I am interested in in particular is how this will play into the MCU at large and if this will spin off into anything else. Because like looking at the upcoming calendar, I'm not sure where Bucky and winter soldier fit in in the future like not not for a little bit like yeah. maybe they're gonna play into captain marvel a little bit but everything else seems to be like shipping off to space <laughs> that's true but isn't there another series um on the slate with um with don Cheadle about the the armored oh homies? is there yeah yeah okay. yeah i don't know about that i know like there's gonna be loki um then there's uh shang chi and what if eternals like all of those yeah, I'm there's like, not really there's a mcu series called armor wars uh, that kevin feige announced back at the disney investor day um okay. yeah and but that's not going to be out till 2022 and it's going to lead into secret invasion the secret invasion series right okay yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get, like, um, yeah, Cheadle is connected to that, but I don't think he is the and, main And he's going to be character. he's going to be in this, apparently. He's going to be in this, too. In cameo yeah. capacity. Yeah, so we'll probably see these guys again in Armor Wars and then later on in the Secret Invasion TV show. Maybe they're just shunting these guys to TV, which at this point is cool. I mean, maybe we'll they'll get, get a second season of this if, yeah. if there's nothing else. Yeah. But uh, there's, like, that and Hawkeye. I, I, I guess... You can see, or at least there was plenty of speculation, I should say, about how WandaVision was going to play out into the upcoming slate of films. You're like, oh, okay, they're going to totally do something with her tapping into the multiverse. Here or, come the X-Men. No, it's boner. I mean, mainly what, what we end up getting at the end of WandaVision is her more in tune with um, the astral plane and becoming a a very proficient sorceress akin to, to Dr. Strange. Mm -hmm. So that'll be, Oh, speaking of which 
I have a another little trailer to play here, which is not not a trailer, but it's a little clip from the show that I wanted to okay uh, pop in here. So let's let's get a sample of some banter. Oh, I don't trust Red Wing. You Hold on a minute. You don't have to trust Red Wing, but I'm gonna go see if he's right. I have a feeling they might be a part of the Big Three. What Big Three? The Big Three. What Big Three? Androids, aliens, and wizards. That's not a thing. That, that's definitely a thing. No, it's not. But every time we fight, we fight one of the three. So who are you fighting now, Gandalf? How do you know about Gandalf? I read The Hobbit in 1937 when it first came out. So you see my point? No, I don't. There are no wizards. Doctor Strange is a sorcerer. <laughs> a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. Think about it, right? I'm right. I, I just I just came up with that. It's crazy. <laughs> that's not the point. These guys aren't magic. All right? They use brute force, just like you. The incredibly annoying guy in front of me with the staring problem. I'm coming with you. No, you're not. Right. Anthony Mackie, dude. Like, he has the charisma, man. He can sell it. I don't think he's been given the, the big role and the spotlight that he deserves. And I think that's why... There's a contingent of fandom out there that says, oh, this guy doesn't have it. But I think we're going to see that he has it, man. Yeah. I That back and forth. Very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, there was a particular scene in the earlier trailer that we got where they're going back and forth. And I was just like, mm, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. But maybe yeah. it's just a matter of how someone edited it to fit in the trailer that mm-hmm. didn't work and allowing that scene to breathe a little bit more would have sold it a bit but watching this right here i'm like oh yeah these two there's there's this sense that they're already brothers right like Mm -hmm. they're there's a respect for each other a love for each other and also just a a hatred of each other (laughs) like shut the hell up yeah and i i i like that just kind of back and forth that that has a little bit of bitterness and sarcasm throughout it yeah, I'm going to drop in one of these comments here. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Kellen says, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is shaping up to be the superhero odd couple. Yes, I think that's dead on. Um, oh, and you know, speaking of Armor Wars, I guess that's where they're playing to introduce Riri Williams, according to Will Morris. Oh, That'd is that Ironheart? Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Hey, um... um... Yeah, let's let's talk real quick source material. I don't, I don't know if you have it on your rundown, but do we know where this is pulling from exactly, or uh, how are you familiar with the source material, like um, OG Cap in the comics, and when we got Wilson using I mean, the shield? I'm, I'm I haven't dived into that much of um bucky or falcon Mm -hmm. stories so this is going to be a little bit new territory for me um aside from aside from just getting like kind of brief cliff notes of of where storylines went Mm -hmm. i don't know if they're using so much the model of what they were doing in the comics to immediately tell this story or if they're just taking it in concept and rolling with their own kind of take on it like there's there's certainly things that um that wandavision was also playing off of but we'll have to have uh one of our comics expert buddies on (laughs) to really 
flesh out that stuff, which, you know, Randy's going to be on next week. So I'm sure he'll help us out with that. Paging Randy Lander. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Will this be a one and done? Do you think? Do you think this will just be one season? I don't think so. And I don't think it should be. I mean, there's there's potential here. If the show catches on, I think it will catch on. You have two stars attached to this, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, we don't really see a lot of, we don't see plans for them to come or leave their own franchise on the big screen within the MCU with these characters. So maybe they are shunting this duo to the small screen and it can kind of be the hood ornament for Marvel Disney Plus. I think that would be cool. Yeah, this seems like it could be a little bit more of a, a grounded storytelling of these. It's basically what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted to be. It had yeah, it actually right. had the backing and full blessing of Kevin Feige and gang. Right. But yeah. Nope. <laughs> they were. You're right. Off to the side and ignored. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It, especially that scene you just played, because there they are like annoyed that they have to deal with all these super metahumans or whatever mm. and that's kind of what agents of shield was kind of supposed to be like here we are the normal guys with guns who know a little bit of karate but man fucking thor you know <laughs> has to fucking ruin new york city and we have to clean it up yeah I, I i mean i definitely think that it was kind of like agents of shield going hey can we use this character no okay how about this character no scroll way down to this like not even d-list just this f-list character you can have that one yeah that but being said I, that. <laughs> that being said i did i did enjoy that show for what it was and they did give us peter mcnichol as an asgardian so that's amazing <laughs> that gets your blessing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um all right. Well, I, I think that's about it for what I wanted to cover on this show. Do you have any other like closing thoughts on this show? This is my most anticipated Marvel series because uh, on the surface, it seemed like the most uh, conventional one. But the more I read about it and the more I see, it seems like it's going to be packed with a few uh, some unexpected themes and surprises and charms. And I kind of felt that I was like, this can't just be a conventional action thriller. They're going to do something a little different with it. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the idea that we're going to get some, some uh, runners have talked about some older MCU characters that we've seen on the fringes of the MCU shows popping up in this, but in, in a right. different context. So that, that excites me too. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for this. Yeah. We're going to find out. With next week's episode, I don't know if it's going to be a two-episode debut. I'm mm. pretty sure they'll just do one. But it's an hour, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who tuned in live on our chat. If you have just been listening to our podcast and want to join live, we do a live stream every Friday night at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time because we're here out of Austin, Texas. And we'd love to have you guys come join us. Um, you can go to our YouTube page, which you can find uh, if you go to mcupod.com or you can just go to YouTube and type mcupod. You'll probably see us on one of the top links, hopefully. Um, you can go there, you can subscribe, and you can follow along with us. If you hit that notification button, that little bell icon, then as soon as we go live, you just get an email. So maybe that's also a little bit helpful. Mm -hmm. um, once again, you can also help support this little project that we're doing by going to patreon.com slash mcu pod there you can make a per episode pledge 
or not a per, per month pledge rather. So you can give us two bucks, five bucks, or ten bucks and join the Defenders, Revengers, or Avengers, whichever team you want to be a part of. We're going to try and do some bonus exclusive content just for you patrons to say thank you so much for supporting this project. And um, next week is going to be, yeah, the premiere of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It comes out um, Thursday at midnight or like 1 p.m. I don't know. You have to... 10 a.m. or something. Yeah, yeah well, depends on your time zone, perhaps. But uh, when it comes out, go ahead and watch it right away and then come join us over here. And we're going to bring on friends to join us in discussing all of this again, like we did with WandaVision. Ended up being a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, where can people find you? You can find me at Mike Moody Garcia on Twitter and Instagram. And as we mentioned earlier, StarWarsPodHQ.com. That's my new Star Wars podcast that Grant's on every now and then. We're going to have a new episode coming up uh, this coming week. So check that out. StarWarsPodHQ.com. Yeah, uh, you can find me at Baron Von Grant, and I think we're out. We're going to see you guys next week at 9 p.m. Central. Thanks again for tuning in. We love you. 2,999.